0: You to go to the website, riverchurchalabama.org. I'm going to encourage you to go to billingsministries.org. We're working on it. I've got somebody kind of lined up that maybe we can start filling it up. But we're going to do something with the website. We are going to be an end time voice and a significant end time voice. So uh, praise God. Amen. Okay. We're on want to welcome you to River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We are ministering a continuous series on the subject of owning a revival culture in your own life. And if you're in a church like we are here at River Church, if everybody will own a revival culture, then River Church will take on a revival culture and two can put 10,000 to flight. Two is better than one. So you can't make much difference by yourself. You can go here and personally there and, and certainly we should, but a culture in a group of people who can find the end of that. So I want to minister on that tonight. We, uh, just to preface it, River Church wants to host a move of God in Alabama. We don't even know what that looks like. We can't even tell you, but we know it has certain elements in it and, uh, that God is talking about a move of God in your generation. Y'all say Amen when you get it. It's not like well someday. Asusa was a someday, and all gone. It happened. It changed things. The move of God in the late fifties or forties uh, and fifties after the World War II, a healing revival, eleven years, and it it corresponded with Israel becoming a nation. Oh, it was amazing. It was a move of God. It was it was it was sovereign. God did it. And um, But he was working in your life and my life before you were born again. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he lined things up and steered? And then while you were born again and going your way, that you had all that God had and all God wanted you to have, you got, the, you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues. And you go, God, you look back and you go, well, there was a path there. Didn't even know there was. But after you got it, you go, well, I was set up. And then to be healed, there's a path. There's a hap- it's a happening in your life right now. The Lord is orchestrating. It's like a symphony. He's orchestrating the different parts to come together so that one day we'll see it. We'll each see it and say, well, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. So he's He's talking to us. We need to put our ear into the wind, so to speak, And see what he's saying. If you know someone's trying to get your attention and tell you something, when you know that, you'll stop what you're doing and you'll listen. And we need to listen because the Lord is talking. It's his subject and he's talking to us about our future, your future. And he's got great things for each of us and he's got great things for River Church. There's hardly anybody that starts out big. Everybody starts out little. The Word says to despise not small beginnings, so we don't care how long it's this size or that. We don't even know if this is small. It's just small compared to somebody that's out there, but that might not even be the standard. So God's using us, and He's molding us. He's shaping us. He's steering us. We're not robots that He just turns on His little remote control and you go do this and go do that, but He's definitely steering us, and uh putting things in our path. He's putting relationships in your path. He's putting uh, uh uh people and uh events in our path, and we were we were born into a culture. You were born into your family culture. The uh uh the homes had a culture and the grosses had a culture, and uh um the Schuberts had a culture. I'm sorry, and just whew. And so uh, uh, the Vincens had a culture, you know, and then you get with somebody else and they have a culture. And so you got to get together. Then you come to church. Well, this is the way we always did it at church. Or you get married and you say, well, this is the way Mama always did it. This is, our, And what you're saying is, is this is how we see it and this is how we do it. And I'm not really up to changing, but we have to change, don't we? Because our parents didn't necessarily get it all right any more than we got it all right when we were raising our children. And so uh, here's the things that I think Jesus, the lordship of Jesus looks like in this culture. And that's all we're ministering on is making Jesus Lord in our lives. So there's nothing new here. It's not like, well, here's 12 mysterious keys that you've never heard. Nope. We're just bringing an emphasis to things that I think have to be in the cake. You just, you might put a pineapple in there, you might put a coconut in there and change the cake, but we better have some sugar and some flour. We better have that. And that's what I want to talk about is the, is the baking powder or whatever. So, uh, what, what, y'all just tell me, what are some of the revival cultures that have to be, the elements that have to be in a revival culture? Anybody got one? Family. Spiritual family. The Government of Heaven is family. What else? God is good. ha ha ha! He is surprising us with our goodness. What else? That's awesome. A life rich in hope and faith. We're not just God's in control, and we're just like a pinball. Nope, we have we set our hope and we fill it with faith. Uh, what else? generous mindset so we can dream big. Well, God just have to dream for me. Historically and biblically, you can see if you didn't get a hold of it, God couldn't get a hold of it. Hallelujah. That's good. What else? Honor. He wants us to have honor. (gasps) It's you. Where we look forward to seeing and handling the things that God sees and handles. Now, we give value to what God gives value to. It'll change everything. When you and I give value, give honor to whom He wants us to, even if we don't want to, it changes everything. Because there's people in your life that you don't want to give honor to, but the Lord wants you to. He's got them lined up to, to, uh to change them and to use them, and so He He wants to use us. And it's like, well, God, I'm not in the mood to honor Dilly Dog, and I I don't really want to do B- Billy Bob. I you know I I don't you know, and He just like. <gasps> it's you, Billy Bob. <gasps> it's you. Now, isn't that special? Isn't that good? Turn with me to Romans chapter 7, if you would. I, I want to, uh, one that we didn't talk about, and I want to talk about it again. Last week, not Sunday, but last Wednesday, Romans chapter 7, we ministered on uh, owning a revival culture where we said we would identify with a supernatural life. Now think about it, if you're going to have a revival culture in your own life and then from there go to a church, how many of y'all believe, and I know you do, that we couldn't have it if we didn't have the supernatural operating in our own lives and together? The word says somewhere, (laughs) I didn't look it up, it says, when you come together, one of you has a hymn, one of you has a psalm, one of you has a a tongue. When you come together, actually it says each of you. So that's obviously important to God. And we get stirred up beyond our flesh, beyond our day. How many of y'all had, don't raise your hands, but you had a long and eventful day. This was quite a day, or this week has been a boogie. And you go, wow, I, I just I just want to go to church because it's my duty to go to church, and I told them I'd go to church, and it looks bad if I don't go to church. But we got to stir ourselves up to have a supernatural mindset, And it says in chapter 7 of Romans, and you know this verse, we won't spend but just a second with it, in verse 18. It says, Paul said, he he explains a paradox. He says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Did y'all hear what Paul said? Dwelleth no good thing. Not just a few and not things that aren't that bad. He said, without the Spirit that we have no good thing. He said, For to will what I want to do is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. No good thing in our flesh. 19. For the good that I would, I do not. The good that I would. Uh, we were talking about, uh, Deborah and Ann were talking about how we all tend to or, 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 tempted to judge others by what they do and judge ourselves by our good intentions. So, so we're harsh on them. But I, I'm i going to, i meant to, It just somebody got in the way, it didn't happen, but I, it's out there and I thought of it and so I'm okay, but you never did it. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil that I would not, that... I do. He said, there's no good thing in our flesh. So our flesh is not going to help us. Matter of fact, it is the enemy in one sense. We have to have it. We have to, you can't get along without your flesh. Your flesh is your citizenship on the earth. And if you lose that citizenship through death, you have to leave the earth. You have to be born of a woman to be on the earth. And so if you, you cease to exist physically, you can't stay. That's why demons can't live here. That's why angels can't live here. That's why Jesus had to be born of a woman so that he could come in the flesh because it is our citizenship. Slip over to 1 Corinthians. You're right there. Just go east uh, verse, chapter 1, and look in verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. No, that's not right. Uh, Chapter 2. Let's do that. Let's see if we can do that. Verse 12. I believe this is it, 2.12. So Paul's telling the church at Corinth, he's telling the brethren, he's telling people that are born again, he said, now we have received not the spirit of the world. What's the spirit of the world? It's reason. It's rationale. Is that right? We figure stuff out and we put it together the best we can. We have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit which is god which is of god the spirit of faith we don't have to see it to believe it we believe it and then we see it that why that we might know the things that are freely given to us of god by the spirit by the spirit we cannot know by the flesh The flesh, there's no good thing in our flesh. It will not reveal God. And God is not talking to you and me through our flesh. He's not giving you a feeling and you say, I feel God saying this. That's not how it works. There's unction down here, but it's not a feeling. Well, it came to my mind that this, that, and the other, and I'm going to do it based on that. That's the same thing in the Old Testament. There was a fleece. Fleece is not who we are anymore. You can't put out a fleece. You will get fleeced. And he goes on, he says, which things also we speak not in the words of which man's wisdom teacheth. And what is that? We speak not in the words which, which man's wisdom teacheth. That's the Holy Ghost, y'all. That's tongues. Hallelujah. But how do we speak? We speak in, by, but the which the Holy Spirit teacheth, comparing things with spiritual Spiritual things with spiritual, verse 14, but the natural man, say flesh. Flesh. That's we all got it. We all have to have it, but it is not your friend. But the flesh, if you're wanting to go on with God, it's not your friend. But the flesh, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So not only can you not plant a garden in your flesh, it's going to reject whatever is spiritual. It's going to reject it. It's an enmity. Uh, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. so if you have carnal, fleshly people trying to fake it or to contrive or say that they're operating in the spirit, it's a lie it's It's, it's a lie you have to be spiritual to operate in the spirit. Well is that hard, not at all? You just surrender to the spirit he just he it's not even hard. It's not like, oh, i got to pray in tongues all night. Well, you might should. I might should read the Word all day. But you don't have to, to be spiritual. But what you put into it is what you're going to get out. isn't it? So the point of all that is that uh, we must identify with a spiritual life even while we're in a natural body. We're not limited by this. We're not looking to this. Aren't I pretty? Well, aren't I tall, dark, and handsome? Oh, don't I speak with the angel, the tongues of angels? Well, none of that's true with me, but people think that when they do, that they're spiritual. And they're just operating out of their flesh, a natural gift. If that's all there is, I mean. Now, if you got a good voice, and you're handsome, and you're tall, and you're a leader, you ought to get the things of God and and use that as an advantage. But if, if that's all you got, you hadn't got anything. You're a fake. And we, we prayed earlier this evening about, uh, pulpits being full of natural carnal men that are weak, don't have courage. They're just political. They're just worldly people that stand in a a little box of some kind and lead, and it's just not God's plan. So if we want a revival culture to be in our life, we got to turn from smoke machines, light machines... Uh, uh, banners all over the room, you know, and and the, 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 I, I'm I'm going to get it. I'm just going to step all the way in it. Flag girls and banner girls and everything. I'm not saying you can't have that. I it's certainly not against the word directly. But if you're using that to be spiritual, you hadn't gone anywhere except backwards. Now we we could, have you ever danced in the spirit? Well. We used to sing songs when I first started out in West Texas. We would sing the song that we will dance like David danced. So we'd all twirl in front of our little seat and we'd, we'd, you know, and I had a tambourine. I about beat this leg off with my tambourine. I would beat the snot out of my, I don't have snotty legs anymore, but anyway. But that was natural. That's natural. You can dance in the spirit, but we don't dance like David danced. He wasn't a Holy Ghost man. Filled, I mean. And so we got to get out of the old covenant because that's not who we are. And if you want a revival, you cannot use carnal, natural, lawful things. You have to use the things of the spirit. And all these other things we've talked about, uh, uh, honor and, and uh, goodness, all of them will fall by the wayside if we contrive to use them naturally amen so what are we doing well we we have a mindset of multiplying food when folks need it i've never been able to get in a situation where we weren't pretty close to walmart or somewhere but we need to be thinking lows and fishes i can do that we need to think walking on the water you go well should we concentrate on walking on water no But we just have that limitation of, I can't do that. We take that out so that we can walk on other things. We are all water walkers. Even though there's no physical liquid, we all walk on things that are not to be walked on. Uh, how, How about blind eyes open? Here, we had a testimony this evening about a kidney stone just disappearing with a simple command.
1: You go, well, what's that all about? It's just part of who we are because there's kidney stones everywhere. And I don't mean kidney
0: stones. I mean there's, there's needs everywhere. Everybody has needs, and you are the answer. I am the answer. But I have to have a supernatural mindset instead of, listen, I got a friend that's got a great doctor, and I had a cousin that had them, and they pounded, the, they, they pounded that out of them, and that's not what we're looking for. It's like in Jesus' name. And we respond that way, not after a long time and a long story, we interrupt them and tell them our story.
1: This is a revival culture. What about blind eyes open? How about casting out spirits? How about, how about, how about? Y'all read the Gospels. So we know. We have to have a mindset to identify A supernatural life. We have
0: to think what Jesus did, the works that he did, we can do and greater works than he did. That's over there. That's exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or think. Because we know what Jesus did, but we don't know what's above that or beyond that, that he said, I want you to be involved in it. It could be he never did pray for somebody that had a stroke or that had... uh, uh, meningitis or that had uh, whatever people have. But he didn't say, I'm the limit of that. I'm the whole of that. You're going to do more things than I did
1: because I was just here three and a half years. Yay, yay. Colossians chapter 1. Let's go through some scriptures and
0: uh, and align ourselves with the supernatural. Now, here at River Church, every Sunday morning, we talk about by testimony or by scripture or by story about the things of the supernatural. We we find scriptures that the supernatural was wrought, even if it was judgment sometimes, it was supernatural. And, uh, and about miracles, we talk about testimonies where somebody was in trouble, somebody stepped in in the name of Jesus and took care of that. We must
1: saturate our lives with the intent to be supernatural. How about if we had the intent? Well, I've got it
0: in here somewhere. I'll just go ahead and where is that scripture in Colossians?
1: Somewhere. uh, uh, Just a second. Hold on. I got it. I got it. Um, Well, where Philip ministered, baptized the eunuch,
0: and the Bible says that he was immediately in Azotus. You go, what's up with that? Well, just take that off your list of we'll never do that. All of a sudden it's like, yeah, buddy, Lord, let's let's get over there. But you can't just say I want to go to Walmart and find me a doormat. That's not really what translating's for. (laughs) Okay, Uh, we're in Colossians chapter 1. This is a very important one. I hope you are a, uh, a Bible marker. I hope you've got something that you can... Put a star or circle the number or underline because we talk about things that you can know. In my Bible, if there's somebody, something that the Holy Ghost, somebody says a scripture and it brings Zoe life, it brings that rhema word into me and I know God's speaking to me even though it's totally out of context, I will date it. I'll date a scripture and then when I'm going through, through, through the word and seeing it, Then I'll see that and I'll go, God spoke that to me and I'll be refreshed. Yeah, Lord, I've kind of let that drop. I've kind of let that go, but now I see that word was forever. It says in Colossians chapter, uh, where are we? Chapter one, verse 26. This is, this is, this is who we are. Um, verse 25, I was made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God even the mystery, the mystery, the secret of God, the hidden thing, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. So it had never come out. It's never come out that God's got a secret, a mystery, a a hidden thing, not hidden from us, but hidden for us until
1: we could hold the shotgun, so to speak. You know, we don't give little kids shotguns. We don't give a lot of men shotguns,
0: (laughs) but we we certainly. And so, hid from the ages and from generation, but now is made manifest to his saints. Say, right now. Right Right now, we're supposed to know this. What was hidden from generations that he's just now unveiled that we need to know. He said, uh, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery... Verse 26 six says, even the mystery, this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, what is it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. This changed everything. This was like inventing fire or the wheel or or whatever. This this changed everything for the church. Christ in me is the hope of my glory. Not what I can do, not what I can say, not what I can uh, be pretty and, and wear a, 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 a coned hat and carry a smoky lantern and all those things that people do and have the big robes on, you know, go to church in your bathrobe. How about that? Wouldn't that be something? I'm making fun of it because it's liturgical. It's it's natural. It's it's It doesn't move you forward. And I want to move forward. I want to please God. Y'all, more than anything, I want to please God. And when I mess up, and boy,
1: I do. I go, God, I, I I hate that I didn't move forward with you. I'm grieved. I just like, I. So it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, amen.
0: We got to be hope of glory minded. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I'm going to just read some, y'all. It says, I thank my God. Now, do y'all know that verse? I thank my God, say it with me, I speak with tongues more than ye all. So if you're going to be revi- on a revival culture in your own life, you got to speak with tongues more than just on Wednesday night for 61 seconds. You're going to have to say, you know, that's, that's a pattern that church is setting for me, just 60 seconds, but I should do that every day for 60 seconds. And then after you get looped up in that, you say, let's go two minutes. And all of a sudden, you've got a revival culture of speaking in tongues more than they are. It'll change your life as much as anything. You got born again, it changed it. You got spirit-filled, it changed it. The next change is to speak in other tongues. That, I- that is the next step that says, what will take me up higher like that did? It's that. First Corinthians 14, 18. Oh, I already read that one. First Timothy four fourteen. It says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee,
1: Paul told Timothy, which was given thee by prophecy. Say, I like prophecy. I like prophecy. We like prophecy. It's God speaking to me
0: personally. Now, he, he does that in a lot of ways and a lot of through the word he speaks to us personally as well, but it's his brand of speaking to us. And so we have to be supernaturally minded. Pro- prophecy. Now, y'all know I get
1: aggravated And I shouldn't, but i get aggravated at, uh, uh, let me say this nice. Well, there's no way to
0: say it nice. (laughs) I'll just say it positively. When you get a word of prophecy from somewhere that God speaks, you ought to cherish it, build a fence around it, lift it up, uh, gild it with gold, and write it down. Because God wants to put that, He wants to bring that to pass in your life. And you go well. If God's gonna, if, if the word was true, it'll come to pass. It's not that. It's not that. Anyway, can't go there. Uh, Mark 11. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. We're talking about being
1: supernaturally minded. Y'all go a little faster now. Mark 11:23. We're going to read this one together. It'll work better
0: if you're in the King James, but just stumble through. Verse 23, ready, read. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now that's supernaturally minded. That's crazy stuff. There's no spirit of the world in that. Verse 22, or before, before that, it talks about Jesus talking to a fig tree. That's not naturally speaking. If you want to get rid of a tree, you get you a backhoe. <laughs> but Jesus got rid of one by speaking to it. In verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray... Believe that you receive them. When you pray, believe that you receive them. At the time of praying, believe that you receive them at that time, and ye shall have them. Wow, that's supernaturally minded. We've got to stay over there, don't we? Uh, 1 Peter 2.24, who wants to read that for me?
1: Okay. We're going to read with you. Say it loud. Who his own self bear
0: our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. I was healed. We were healed. Well, you gotta be, you gotta be spiritually minded, supernaturally minded, that just because you got this and just because they say you got that or whatever, that your mama died of it and your daddy died of it and all that, We're supernaturally minded. By stripes we were healed. And so revival culture is marinating in this supernaturally minded. We're just always looking at like, well, how could that be, Lord? How could we get over there in that? Uh, Mark 16, you know this, and I'll read it. These signs shall follow them that believe. So they're following us, aren't they? In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover we got these hands out got these hands out very sometimes shows the picture of what our hands looks like acts chapter 8 oh here's the verse I was looking for i thought it was in luke the spirit of the lord called away philip that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached to all the cities. Now there's a book by a name a man named Allen, and he's been he's been being translated by design. Taking a five hour trip takes five hours, and then asking God and getting in faith about coming back in. Uh, and passing every marker along the way, never missing anything, but just took two and a half hours to get home. So we, we, you go. Well, what is that for? You don't necessarily know what it's for yet, but you got to wrap your faith around it now, so that you can pull it out of your toolbox when it's time to fix the situation with translation. Yes, Amen. Luke six thirty five. Love your enemies. Who that's spiritually minded. Do good. Land hoping for nothing. Your reward shall be great, ye shall be children of the highest, for He is kind unto the unthankful. Now this is spiritually minded, kind to the unthankful. Now I told you all the other day I struggle with that. I like people to be grateful. I flow with the grateful i I bunch up with the grateful i I find solace and identity with the grateful, but he said, i, right, you got to switch it. you got to be happy with the unthankful and to the evil." Now I, I get along with the evil. I mean, I I understand what they're doing. But the unthankful, I just want to. Well, I can't tell you what I want to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> we got to be uh, spiritually minded, supernaturally minded about our money, for you to know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor. Why? That we through His poverty might be made rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. And you go, well, I I believe that. Well, when we get into a situation and it blows a fuse in our head, then we go, well, I didn't really believe it down here. It was still up here. But, bless God, we're working on it. Uh, uh, We won't read 2 Corinthians 9, but you know he who soweth sparingly is not going to get much. And he who sows bountifully is going to get a lot more. So as a man purposeth in his heart, so let him give. We got to be supernaturally minded. My seed is out there working for me night and day. I was a farmer for ten years, and it didn't just grow when I was out there. It grew in the nighttime, and when I went to church, and when I went to uh, uh, El Taco Restaurant, my crop was growing. Amen. Uh, Romans eight. Oh, we got to turn to this one. We got. I have less than an hour. To finish here, <laughs> yes, I do, he said. Romans 8, we've got to have this one. you got to be supernaturally minded. This is the only way you're going to make it. You won't make it through the weekend if you don't have this supernaturally minded revival culture in your life. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Why? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we got to know this, has set me free from the law of sin and death. He has set me free. Verse twenty-six. Uh, let's let's uh, verse twenty-eight. Got to be supernaturally minded. We know that all things work together for good. We know. We know. We know this won't be different than what I know. This will turn out good, and it won't turn out different. That's supernaturally minded because there's a gazillion ways it could fall off on the way. You could have four flat tires before you got to town on the natural side galatians 220 can you slip there for me galatians 220 now you know i just got the cream of the cream i i just i had to i had to throw a whole bunch of scriptures under the bus uh galatians 220 is that where i am yeah there it is there it is excuse me let's read verse 20 together because we're spiritually minded, we're supernaturally minded. It says, ready, read, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Here it is. And the life which I now live in the flesh, where there's no good thing, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who agapied me and gave himself for me. you got to know that. You gotta go over to 1 John 1 9. We want that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You gotta have that because you're gonna, you're gonna stump your spiritual toe. And if you go under the bus, if you go under the barrel because you stumped your toe, you are worthless. You will not have a revival culture. You'll have a fuse in every slot of the box except the one that's powering the other ones. And you won't ever light up. I won't light up. We got to get this one in. Amen. First uh, uh, Corinthians 2. Uh, we'll we'll read that one. Y'all, y'all are not tired. Y'all got, got a Bible full of pages that we hadn't looked at in a while. Chapter 2 in uh let's see, where am I? 1 Corinthians 2 4. There we go. There we go. 1 Corinthians. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, all oh, we like this one. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words, smoke machines and light shows, enticing words of man's wisdom. What was your speech and preaching of, Paul? But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta have demonstration. These signs shall follow them that believe. Why that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power the demonstrations of God, I'm being supernaturally minded. How about you? I'm thinking less and less like I used to, and more and more like he does. Uh, we can't read first corinthians twelve uh but it says there you know the gifts of the spirit uh we won't read it but it's it uh, you know it says now concerning spiritual gifts brethren i would not have you ignorant and it goes on and he explains the gifts of the spirit well those things passed away god didn't need them after he started the church well you're wrong you're wrong these people have an argument you and i have a demonstration we have an experience so that's in there ephesians 2 we can't read that either verse 1 through 10 in chapter 3, 9 through 10, it's talking about who we are in Christ and how we got to be built up on the inner man. But I do want you to turn to James chapter 5. Y'all, this isn't this isn't a list. This is just a a, a proof, as it were, that there's so many in the word that it's all supernatural. All of a sudden we go, well. Where's the unsupernatural ones? There aren't any. Everything is. So we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. What's that new creation? The man of the flesh was annihilated. The man of the Spirit has come forth. And uh, in James chapter 5, verse 14. Now, we've got to go here. We've got to go there. It's not just the preacher It's not the pastor. It's not uh, the healing guy. It says in verse 14, is any sick among you? Do you all know there's sick out there? And it's talking about church people here. It shouldn't be, but it is. He said, let him call for the elders of the church. Raise your hand if that's you. It is. It is. It is. Y'all say amen. It is. It's you. Well, I don't feel like one. I don't feel six foot tall either. For a reason, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And here it is. Verse 15. Here's what you've got to have inside of you when you're supernaturally minded for the prayer of sa- faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Well, how do you get the prayer of faith Is you do all these other things? You become supernaturally minded and all of a sudden it's like, we're not going to tell you to take two aspirins and see how that works. We're going to we're going to we're going to anoint you with oil and we're going to pray the prayer of faith that saves the sick. So this we could talk all we, we talk all the time. I've talked for 40 years about the supernatural culture and the supernatural things of God. And every time you read your Bible, that's what you're reading. That's what you're meditating. That's what you're imbibing. You're not looking at uh, at Bible stories about Noah and the and the flood and David and Goliath and okay, those are those are good and there's a significance. But that's not who we are. That was the hand of God coming on somebody, and for a moment they they were empowered. But that's who we are full time, all the time. The anointing abides forever, and you are you are a little Jesus. Can I say that on broadcast? We are all little Jesus if we've been made like him. As he is, so are we in this world, and we just don't have any troubles. I told you all the other day, I saw that, that veteran commercial, and I love it. It's so powerful, but all these men and women that got on that just have one limb, and, and that, they just got one limb. They're in a wheelchair with no legs, and one arm's got a claw on the other of it, and the other one's got a, they're just, they're just, you don't know how they made it. And what I got out of it, among other things, is we don't have any troubles. <laughs> There's no gas in the car. What am I going to do? We don't have any troubles. Just be translated. Just go there. Praise God. So I'm going to invite our audience to, Be supernaturally minded until with the intent of having a revival culture in your own heart to owning it till there's nothing left of the old man. You are the new one and everybody. We see you. We see the new
1: man in you and I. So God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Barry. Praise God.